Welcome, everybody, um, to our final session of School of Revival on the theme of Pioneering Revival. I'm so blessed to have with us um, Mama Heidi Baker, who I've now known over two decades and has literally um, played such a huge role in my own um, man, in my own life. I can't even tell you, Heidi, um, just you, you saying yes to Jesus over there in Mozambique and every time, um, is just, it's radically impacted me, your example, and it's paved the way. So I was like thinking of the theme of pioneering revival and someone that's planted, I don't even know how many thousands of churches and just really pioneered revival, um, in our day. And I'm like, I got to get Heidi back. So guys, welcome Heidi Baker. This is amazing. Thank you. No, I love you so much, Jen. So I just, I couldn't say no. And obviously this is a subject that I'm living in and love. You know, I, I have a really awesome team. Mm -hmm. And I remember how beautiful it was. You were part of our team in Mozambique way back when. Yeah. And um, so it's just a joy and a privilege to be with you and just get to share a little bit of my journey. And I, I pray that I'll bless people. Um, as you might know, I, I came in a little late uh, for our scheduled time because mm -hmm. I've been actually out um, sharing the gospel there with these people um, who have been dislocated because of this war. And uh, so you caught me you know, coming straight in from that. And I feel like the Lord has something. He generally has me share things that have to do with the, the moment I'm in, you know. So we'll see where Holy Spirit takes it. But I love you to bits. It's Aww. great to be yeah, thank you so much for being with us again. It's such a such a treat. It's such a treasure. Um, and we value, honor, and love you so much, Heidi. So, well, you you can you can start if you want to do share what's on your heart now, because I know it's probably pretty fresh. Um, what you feel God's doing? Um, you just coming? Maybe give us an update of your now, because uh, it's uh, pretty amazing to even get you in this room. I'm guessing with everything going on over there. <laughs> so. We painted this for Zoom calls. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hot inside but, uh, yeah but we got some light so we're we're making a go of it you know um but yeah i've been i've been sitting uh in the dirt with the poor all day just sharing the gospel and um we uh i don't want to cry but i i think i need to share this because it's so fresh uh, I, I want to read from 1 John, um, and then I'll share a little bit about what pioneering looks like in a war zone, what pioneering looks like where when we came in here in this area when it was 99.9% people of another faith. So I think I can share a little bit about, about what it looks like and not what it looked like just 18 years ago when we came into northern Mozambique. We've been in Mozambique 25 years now. and um, But what it looks like right now today, because I think that's going to help some of those that are called to pioneer, whether it's cross-culturally or 
you know, right there with you in Southern California, pioneering, uh, redigging the wells, and and just whatever it looks like, just going for it. So this is what I want to read. What whoever embraces the son embraces the father also. So you must be sure to keep the message burning in your hearts. That is, the message of, of life you heard from the beginning. If you do, you will always be living in close fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And he himself has promised us the never-ending life of ages to come. So what does it look like to embrace the Son? What does it look like to be so enraptured by the love of Jesus that you lay your life down for him every day? I don't mean just once in a while, just a little mission trip here or there, but you are so enraptured by the Son. You're so in love with Jesus that you wake up in the morning just ready to, to just fall into his arms and be in his presence. I wake up most days, not every day, but most days I wake up before the sun and uh, before the sun rises. And every day I wake up and I just spend time loving on Jesus, just spend time with my Lord and just worshiping and being with him and loving him. Even if, um, I used to travel a third of my life, as you know, around the world. Uh, now, I, I uh, for the last six months, um, almost six months, I haven't traveled outside of my own province in central Mozambique, um, which is really a blessing. Um, but whether I'm in a tent or whether I'm in a hotel, if, if I want to pioneer revival, wherever it is, whether it's in the bush, whether it's in... Uh, the city, whether it's in Europe, whether it's in Mexico, whether it's in Brazil, wherever I am, I want to be full of Holy Spirit. And there are two things that God marked me with. Two things he really spoke to me, Jen. One thing was, you can do nothing without me. And you can do nothing without the body of Christ. Jesus spoke to me so clearly. You can do nothing without me. Without Jesus, we can't pioneer anything. And that, I mean, for people like us, we're so in love with Jesus that that's great. Like, we're good with that. We're good with that. Yes, Lord, we love you. You're perfect. You're awesome. But we can do nothing without the body of Christ. Sometimes that's like, whew, uh, whew, who's the body? Which part of the body? Um, and uh, I just feel like God's, God's absolutely calling us during this COVID crisis, during war times and natural disasters and the world shaking. We need to get even closer to Jesus than we've ever been before. And we need to get even closer to each other. And I mean, we have an amazing, awesome, laid-down lover missionary team here. As you know, they're just, they're just going for a day and night, serving the Lord, serving the kids. But what's happened over the last 18 years is 
the landscape has changed, whereas now 99% plus of, of the workers, of the pioneers, the revivalists, are Mozambican. So, for instance, today, my entire team is Mozambican. That's super awesome. And they're Mozambicans in love with Jesus. And so we're just going for it. But this is what, um, why I was a little late for this call. And I, I think the Lord just wants me to share this story. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead. I'm going to put it out there. Uh, but I'm just going to share it with you guys. So today we're out. Um, we, the, the, the refugees come. They're called dislocated, internally dislocated people. According to UN Now, we work very closely with the UN, by the way, and um, we're partnering with UN to, for our relief side of what we do at IRIS. Um, but we're out there, and it's this big school just down the road from us, and we're, we've divided up the people into classrooms, and then we start, we have two groups. One group, every week we change the groups. So these are my disciples that I've been discipling 18 years. So they're full, they're really full of Holy Spirit. That's one group. And then the second group, because we're only allowed to meet in groups of 10, sometimes 20, um, depends on the government. We have two groups. So I have these two discipleship groups, and they lead this entire ministry outreach. So we've, we're there, and we've got our solar Bibles in four different languages, Makua, Makandi. Actually, these have five. Makua, Makandi, Yao, Mwani, and Portuguese. And so we're, we're there, and we go into groups, and all these men and, and a few women that, that I've just poured my life into discipling go into each room where these people that have been displaced by war, not just war, but the most horrific kind of war you can imagine where um, radicals from another faith are literally cutting people's heads off and torturing people. The man who's doing the, um, I lost the English word right now, just a moment. He's the one registering everything. He um, was crucified. He was laid out on a tree and they put nails through his legs. They put barbed wire around his neck. They, they put plastic bags and they filled them with fuel and they lit them on fire. They ran out of nails for his wrist, so they tied his wrists out. His name is Felizardo, and he's the one doing the registration to spiritually and physically feed these people that have come from the same village that he was, where he was crucified and lived. So they set him on fire, and then they left. And miracle of miracles, Filizardo 
lived through it. His body is horrifically scarred. He was in the hospital for about six months, but it's just the miracle of God. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, build him a house. And people just started blessing us um, to build him a house. And we get to move, he gets to move into it with his four-year-old daughter on Monday. His wife ran away. Uh, his son, two-year-old son was poisoned by radicals. But he... Um, was miraculously saved and he lost his four-year-old daughter they found her anyway long story short he's doing the registrations and we're listening to stories and i'm sitting there on a, a coconut tree that got knocked down you know probably in the cyclone so i'm sitting there in the dirt some people um they don't know me, Jen. I think you know me. That's why I like doing things with you. You know me. Some people only see you at a conference. They don't know what you do most of the time, you know. Right now, it's 100% of the time. Um, I'm just at home in northern Mozambique sharing the gospel. And it's very simple. It's not glamorous. We don't have any microphones. We don't have any razzmatazz. We're just there listening to these people. We're, we're up early worshiping God. And then I went to the prayer room at the university, and I pressed in to the presence of God with my team. And we just pressed in that we would go out to reach these people who had been tortured and traumatized, that we would reach them with radical love, that we would be dripping with the presence of God. And so we, we went out, so I went from my personal prayer time and my personal adoration time into a, a smaller corporate time at our university, and then we drove out there to these people. And then I'm telling you, Jen, and I want to tell your class, um, if you don't know about living in the secret place, you're not going to make it. You're not going to survive a day. If I didn't understand why I do what I do, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it through today. I would just say it's too hellish of a world to continue. It's too, the, the stories are too horrible for me to have enough wherewithal to make it through till tomorrow. It's just, it's just too much. But look at this. Look at this word. And then I'll share you, I'll share with you guys a little more about the stories today. But the wonderful anointing you have received from God is so much greater than their deception and now lives in you. That, so here it is. His anointing teaches you all that you need to know, for it will lead you into truth, not a counterfeit. So just as the anointing has taught you, remain in him. And I'm reading from 1 John, uh, the end of chapter 2. 
And now, dear children, remain in him so that when he is revealed, we may have joyful confidence and not be ashamed when we stand before him in his appearing. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who lives in righteousness has been divinely fathered by him. Look with wonder in the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us, that he has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is yet not apparent what we will become. But we do know that when he, it is finally made visible, we will be just like him. For we will see his. And all who focus their hope on him will always be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. So that, that was a scripture on my heart as I thought about pioneering and about my day-to-day. -day. So back to my story, um, sitting on that fallen-down coconut tree, listening to these stories of these men and women, um, there was this, this one man who... Um, I, I, I don't even know how to communicate it, but we're there, and pioneering doesn't always look like just reaching the lost, but it looks like being the heart of Jesus in the hands of Jesus to those who, who are in um, very, very painful situations. It looks like us lifting up the hands of Jesus um, being the hands of Jesus to lift up the hands of our brothers and sisters. So here's this brother. Um, and he started telling me his story today. And I'm still, I'm still shaken by it. Um, and I feel like the world needs to know sometimes what's going on in countries and sometimes we're afraid to share and we've been afraid to share but at this point i'm like we just have to let people know what's really happening in northern mozambique in cabo delgado so he said these malfactors these radicals uh captured him and his family he has five children had five children and they said, um, we're not allowing uh, any Christians in this village. And they said, we are not allowing any Christians, and we want you to know, and we want you to watch what we're going to do to Christians. And they grabbed his six-year-old and beheaded his six-year-old child in front of him and his children. And they killed his six-year-old, and his wife ran out. He's still never seen her since. Um, and they kept him alive because they said they wanted him to go and tell everyone what they'd done. 
And they wanted to bring terror and fear into the hearts of everyone that thought about being a Christian. So before I go on, I just want to have, have you, you know, interject with that, maybe, Jay. That's just, uh, I, I don't even know if I have many words, to be honest, Heidi. I, I just can't believe, um, it's hard to believe that's happening, and it's just so incredibly sad. Um, and the world doesn't even know. Yeah, and it's like, really happening. It's like happening. Village, and they burned the village. They burned the village. So most of the people right now that we're, we're actually feeding these displaced people, most of them, a good majority of them, are, are lovers of Jesus. Wow. And not a single one in any of those classrooms today where, where we all got to share in a different classroom, not a single one that we know of didn't want to receive the Lord Jesus wow. as their Savior as we shared the gospel with them. Wow. And so even those of another faith who had to flee because of these radicals, there, they were just um, there's there's the they're so open and so ready to follow Jesus. But hearing that man's story, I'm just thinking, I I don't I I mean I have two natural born grandchildren, and I have uh, 32 grandchildren uh, from my adopted children, mm -hmm. and I'm just thinking. What would I do in that situation? Wow. And uh, what would I do? And wow. it, it, it's just beyond what, what we can imagine. There was another woman, they, they just beheaded her daughter. Um, they, she said they killed over 250 young people. They rounded them up. And they killed them, um, and and she ran, and she lost her daughter. Her daughter died that day. They killed over two hundred and fifty youth in one one go, and they mostly shot them. They beheaded some. They shot them, and then the people just ran into the bush. And so these are the people that we're dealing with now that we're, we're just pouring our lives into on a daily, um, almost we, we don't work seven days, we work six days a week, but we're just pouring our lives out to um, just carry the gospel and hope. And of course, food, um, we're feeding Approximately 20,000 people a day um, goes down as low as 17,000 and up as high as 22,000 people a day. Depends on on um, where we're going. But it's um, when you're pioneering revival, you you love the times like we had here for so many years. Uh, 
and and you know you you were here during that time where we just experienced open heaven in northern Mozambique where we had meetings where people just got so undone by the power of Holy Spirit they had to be carried back to their rooms we had people from over 40 nations at a time coming in here for impartation just because the revival fire burned so brightly and we sent four teams um, the, the smallest group would be two teams, up to four teams a week out to every single village. Whoa! In Cabo Delgado. The glory of God as we worship day in and day out. And by the way, Holy Spirit's still falling here. But we don't have the freedom we had before. There's no possibility of sleeping in our tents. Um, so we have to come back actually before uh, sunset. We're supposed to be back in our, our houses. Um, there's lots of restrictions, but we just go early and we go all day. And uh, listen to this, the, everybody who's involved in this class. And share it with your friends. We heard Holy Spirit. We heard God say that we needed to concentrate on Cabo Delgado. The Lord took me up in a vision in Red Deer, Canada, and he said, go and get my lost Makua bride. I didn't know where they lived. I didn't know where they were. We were living in Maputo where you worked with us, uh, Jen, and we were living there, and we had an amazing uh, group of laid down lovers there working with us internationals and nationals we were working in the garbage dump we were working on the streets and we we're just full of joy but I was taken up in this vision by the Lord and I'm I'm strengthening myself in the Lord right now and he came to me and he spoke to me to go and get his lost Makua bride. I did not know who they were. I did not know where they were. So I, I called Roland and I asked him to do some research. He was in, of course, he was at home in Mozambique. I said, do some research and find out where the Makua are. A few hours later, he called me back. This was 19 years ago. He called me back. He said, you'll never believe where they are. I said, where are they? Who are they? He said, they're the most unreached people group in Southeast Africa. There are over 4 million of them in northern Mozambique. And my heart leaped with joy and then it sunk knowing that I would have to leave the South and pioneer again with nothing. I had no, uh, no extra finance to start something in the North. We had no home. We had built our personal home in the South there on our base. We attached a prayer house to it. We attached an office to it. 
we had 10 kids living with us, two of them natural born, eight of them Mozambican at the time, 10 kids. There was a lot of going on in that house. Um, but we had nowhere to live in the north, and we had no finance to buy anything in the north. And we want to carry revival. And I remember Supreza, Pastor Supreza in Roland in our little Cessna bush plane flying over from the south. We flew to Tanzania to do a conference, and then we flew back through northern Mozambique and landed in Pemba in our little bush plane. And I, I really don't remember if we had even, I, I, I remember just wondering where we were going to sleep. That's all I can remember. We, were, we just did, did not have uh, the resources, you know, of the, where we're going to sleep. And I remember we just walked down from the airport. We came down, walked down the road, and it was all mud huts. There was no, you know, there weren't block houses back then walked down the road, and I stood on a street corner, Jen, and I just preached the gospel. I just preached the gospel. I just stood on a street corner down there, down there by Nautilus, and preached the gospel. And Mohammed and Ishmael and Omar and Mohammed and Sadi and Ramadan on and on, there were about 12 people that listened to me, Come on. Not, be not because it was so amazing, but because they wanted to sell me their, their beads. They were <laughs> selling beads. And so, you know, sometimes you think, oh, boy, don't have a sound system. You don't have any resources, really, but you've got a heart to reach an unreached people group. Wow. A lot of people wait until they've got it all together, until it's all financed, until they've got the plan. But the Lord called me to go and find his lost Makua bride. So that day, I preached the gospel on that street corner, wow. just right, I'm pointing to it. I'm okay. pointing to it. <laughs> preached the gospel there, wow. and Sally and Omar and Muhammad and Ishmael and Ramadan, all 12 of the guys that I shared the gospel with received the Lord Jesus that day wow. as their Lord and Savior. We were told it's an impossible group of people. They'll never receive Jesus, but they received Jesus in the most powerful, beautiful way. Um, they, they still wanted to sell me their beads and uh, I, I'm sure that I would have bought at least something just to just because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> but but uh, that was how we started here, and um, the Lord miraculously survived, miraculously supplied um, a house for Roland and I. It was a little two bedroom, didn't have any glass windows, just coat hangers for a little with some mosquito net, no water, electricity, but the most beautiful view. And I know you love views. So yeah. I, I just started weeping. I said, oh, Lord, it's so beautiful. I can't come here. It's beautiful. <laughs> and he said, 
he said, they're lost. Won't you love them? And um, I, I heard him chuckle just like you did. <laughs> I almost missed it because I love the ocean and it's on the ocean here. And so, so I almost thought, no, uh, my identity's in the garbage dump. And even though it was the poorest nation on the planet at that time, and Caldogado was the poorest province in the entire world, uh, it was still beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I almost missed the calling because um, I was shocked by the fact that God could actually call me uh, to a place that, that I, I would love so much. Um, I know that sounds strange, but I think many people get confused by this you know like god knows like yourself i grew up surfing i grew up on the ocean i grew up diving and uh even i i did definitely did not grow up poor in any way mm. but i i i got a radical call from the lord to reach the poor and to love the poor and to reach the unreached people groups but then for God to send me to a place um, that actually blessed my, my heart. Like I wake up in the morning and just worship in wonder just at the beauty of just creation, just how beautiful it is. But at the same time, you think, how, how could these people have never heard the gospel? Mm. Anyway, long story short, 18 years um, we've been sharing the gospel here. And for, um, let's see, the war has been going on now two and a half years. So up until two and a half years ago, we had complete freedom. Mm. We went out to the bush every week. I, I did travel a third of my life, so I went out. Uh, to my other mission field, which would, could have been Europe or Asia or South America or America. It was mostly believers who were, I was, I was um, called to, I believe, call them to get closer to Jesus so they could carry his glory wherever they were called to go. So that was a third of my life, but two-thirds of my life um, was always here now it's a hundred percent here and um just going out day in day out and we'd sleep out in the bush and god would crash in the deaf would hear the blind would see the cripple would walk sometimes even the dead would be raised it was astounding what god would do um and mostly he used nationals, mostly he used Mozambicans. But because he wanted, for some reason, he wanted to multiply very powerfully, I believe, to Easterners and Westerners what he was doing. He let them come for this open season, and we had mission schools here. And God would just crash in, and half the mission school were internationals, and then half, they were the Bible school, they were all Mozambican, and we would move together and carry the gospel. 
to every single village. We would go by boat. We would go by motorcycle. We would go, I tried to go by kayak, but I was a complete, utter, total failure at it. I got, <laughs> I, got I bought this kayak. It is a funny story. Some of you get, you're going to be just, I love sharing su such real stuff with y'all because sometimes you just hear the cushy bits. Um, yeah. But uh, the story I just told you isn't cushy. So, but I want to tell you about my attempt. So I was so, so <laughs> convinced that um, we were to reach these unreached people group on the coast and there are no roads to get to them and there were no um, airstrips for our bush plane to get to most of them. So I needed a boat. So I was preaching in New Zealand and I went in to buy a backpack because I'm always on outreach. So I go in to buy a backpack in a camping store and I see this kayak in New Zealand. And I, I, I lift weights. I'm, I'm strong. And uh, I, I like to, you know, I like to move. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy that kayak and I'm going to go reach the unreached people group there on the coast. And so I purchased this kayak. Um, and my friend was with me there, and she's like, well, how do you expect to get the kayak to Mozambique? I said, you, you're going to send it to me. <laughs> she, laughed, she laughed. She knows me so well. She's like, oh, crazy, crazy friend. And um, anyway, it took about a year to get this kayak to Mozambique. Wow. Got it to northern Mozambique. I, I uh, get it out to the ocean. I put, I put some water in there, and uh, I'm ready. I'm going to go off and reach the unreached people groups there in my kayak by myself with Jesus. <laughs> and I get in there, and I'm, I'm telling you the real story. You know me well, so you know, you know <laughs> this is the real deal. And I'm getting in there, and I'm, like, pushing so hard. And, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty strong. But the current just kept pushing me back. And I literally, I just got pushed right back to the start. It was so bad. I was so discouraged. And the kayak ended up getting water in it. And then I had to call for help to get it back over through back into, into my quintal. And then, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to have a better strategy maybe I need to go in a different direction so the current is going to help me, right? Because these people have to hear the gospel. So I get back in my kayak, and I'm going, going, going in the right direction this time, I think. And um, because I want to get to these unreached people groups. Anyway, it was the most pitiful thing you ever saw. I just got down just a little bit. Back then, there were no there was no restaurant Cowrie, but now there's a restaurant called Cowrie, and I didn't even get to that spot. And my kayak ended up getting beached um, on the sand, and uh, there was some guy there that I shared the gospel with. He wasn't impressed, and uh, <laughs> I had to drag my kayak back and get help to get it back into my kintal. And um, that, 
that was the beginning of of my trying to pioneer reaching these people on the coastal area here. My beginning, not only was it a humble beginning with this kayak called the Sea Bear, but it was a disaster in pretty much every way. <laughs> it was such a disaster that I was, <laughs> I was so discouraged but I realized God had a better plan. And I think the Lord, he's so kind. He didn't, uh, I don't think God was mocking me, but I do think he was having a little chuckle. Are you still there? Yeah, that's, yeah, I just, I've heard this story before, and I just want to picture you in that kayak doing this. It's a kayak, a really pretty blue kayak. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where it is now. It's disappeared. Someone, but it's so pitiful. And I wanted to carry the gospel. I wanted to pioneer. I wanted to go where they'd never heard yeah. the 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 word Jesus. Yeah. And long story short, you know, I ended up getting another boat, and that one sunk. <laughs> then I got, and now somebody actually bought that sunken boat and is repairing it. It's on the side of the road. We passed it today going on outreach, um, which is a little discouraging too. But anyway, <laughs> the, then we got a bigger boat, a really beautiful boat called Iris Compassion, uh, and that one sunk too. Really amazing boat. It used to belong to the King of Spain. So, so the kayak was a disaster. The second boat sunk. Uh, the third boat, yeah, we did reach, we did actually reach thousands of people in that boat, but that one sunk too. And then I ended up getting a kayak, uh, not a kayak, um, ended up getting a catamaran. And uh, that boat right now we're not allowed to use because of the um, uh Many of them are in boats, mm -hmm. so the military tends to um, sink boats, so it's not a really good time between the malfators or the military, not a real good time to use your boats. So I'm saying all of that because some of y'all want to do pioneer missions. Some of y'all have this plan of what it's going to look like. And some of y'all are going to sink um, two, three, four, five boats. And, and, and some of y'all right now are really upset that I'm saying that because you're like, don't say something, you know, that's not a nice thing to say. I'm not going to have any failure. Um, well, you are. <laughs> you are going to fail at times. You are going to fail at times. And you are going to get, get through times that are harder than you could ever imagine. We have not, we didn't have, last year we didn't have one cyclone in Mozambique. We had two cyclones in Mozambique while there was a war going on. Now we have COVID and a war. There are going to be horrific times in your life.
But what I want to encourage you as a pioneer revivalist school and a people that say it doesn't matter what it costs, it doesn't matter what the price is, that you never, ever, ever give up. Today, I'm driving back. My car's full of what used to be children, uh, but now they're all grown up. And we are driving down the road. Now, I'm the only one that's pale in the, on the whole team. Um, there is one other one, Elias, who is driving a truck. Um, one of our, our team members' father died last night, so Elias is an amazing uh, missionary. He's Mozambican too now, though. But anyway, uh, he was driving to the funeral. So, but we, we are just driving down the road, and some of us are unable to speak because we're listening to these stories. Some of us um, are, are just kind of going on full throttle work mode because we're so upset by what we've just heard from these people who have been tortured and have lost everything. They've lost their home. They lost, some of them lost their children. Uh, one mama lost her daughter and her entire family. We helped her get to a place. She was able to get in contact through phone with the family, but she didn't have um, the resources, which were, uh, I want to just give it to you so you understand what, what that meant. I really feel like teaching you a little bit about missions right now. Sometimes you're going to hear things like never give anybody any money or never give people stuff. Well, if you don't, if you don't understand uh, the heart of the Father, then you're in big trouble. We heard that woman's testimony, and her daughter was murdered, and she, she 250 people in her own village were murdered by these radicals, shot down. And she was in the bush, and she lost everything, but she had one number, and she was able to find out where some of her relatives were. But she had no way to get to them. And, and I think, I don't know, we ended up giving her more. So for maybe, it was about 17 U.S. dollars, this woman that had lost everything could go back and be with her with her family that was still left and so I want I want to say to all of you that you need to be um, led by Holy Spirit you can't just read a few books and figure out how to do things you need to be led by Holy Spirit as you pioneer you need to learn the language. We have 26 languages here, so I don't know them all. But I have to know at least how to communicate in a national language. You've got to understand, if you're cross-cultural, you've got to make the people that you work with, those people are your family. And if they don't adopt you, 
then you're not going to be able to pioneer anything. Because you're not going to be the kind of like the kind of a pioneers that you heard read about in the Wild West that just went in and wiped out other people groups. That's not the kind of pioneers we are as radical lovers of Jesus. The kind of pioneers that we are are people who are going to love and we're going to suffer with those who suffer, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice, and we're going to start to become as one with the people that God has called us to reach as possible. That we are going to raise them up to lead. And we are going to pour our lives out and disciple others and go deep, deep, deep with others. Think about this. If you're hungry, they're hungry. If you're thirsty, they're thirsty. If you need to sleep, they need to sleep. I want you to always, as a pioneer, wherever you are in whatever nation you're in, always ask Jesus to give you revelation of how the other people are feeling. I, I could barely handle uh, how, how those people were feeling today. I could barely handle it. And if I hadn't gotten up so early and worshiped the Lord, and if I hadn't been in that prayer room at the university worshiping with my brothers and sisters, and there were some amazing missionaries that are helping lead the university there, um, I would not have made it through today. Wow. So, uh, end there with, see if you have a question, and then we'll see what Jesus does. Wow, Heidi, this is so, um, so rich. And I just um, feel like there's a story I want to share with you when I came out to Mozambique. I think it was a couple years ago. I was in Czech Republic, and then I heard the news that there was war breaking out in Mozambique, and I was planning to go there in a few days. And I'm getting all these messages from my family, don't go, it's a war zone, all this stuff. And I remember texting you because everything inside of me made me want to go more. I'm like, I, I, I want to go to Mozambique even more because I want to be there. Um, and God planned for this time for me to be here. And you said, come. And so I remember going to, to Maputo first and flying in there and spending some time down there. And I remember when I drove back from the airport, whoever picked me up, we drive into the base and it's like, there's a sea of children and they're spreading and moving out of the way for the car. And I just remember, cause that's where I grew up with Iris. There was a, that Maputo base. And so when I saw all these kids, you know, well-dressed getting spiritually fed and getting nurtured with education, it just, and, and our cars driving through them, they're spreading all these kids. I was like, look at the impact of one. Yes. I was just blown away by, you know, you and Roland's one yes, and how now 15, 20 years later, um, all these kids are getting, having a space to learn about God and be raised. And I was just blown away. And just even in the midst of such intense evil and darkness there, um, what a gift that in a sense, you're in lockdown and there's such a bright light 
in that nation during such a dark time and how the Lord has really allowed you to stay in your home. I just think um, that fact alone is profound. Um, He's just so nice. I mean, again, we're, we're just little, little people. I'm just really a little mama, you know, you know, my life, I, I sit in the dirt with the poor. I, I just, my life is really, I am a small little mama, but I, I just keep saying yes. And what's so beautiful is um, that others are, are doing the same. Mm -hmm. And so you just can't stop us. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the, that's the beauty. You can't stop us. Like there's, there were big old, big old trucks, you know, that we're going in with all this food and, and I'm just thinking, look at the body of Christ. They, they're, they're sending provision for us so we can buy food for these people that have no other way to get food right now. And, and I'm looking at these Mozambicans. And today we were having to work in, I think, five languages, Jen. Wow. And every one of those, because there were so many local dialects, because these people are displaced from one province, but they speak Makua, they speak Makondi, they speak Yao, they speak Mwani, um, and some just Portuguese and another dialect that maybe we wouldn't have had. But because all of these Mozambicans were nurtured in the love of Jesus, and they've all grown up and been discipled, every, every single one of them was working in the area that they could work in. It was so awesome. I was just thinking, whoa, she's speaking Makandi. He's speaking Yao. Over there, they're doing Mwani. Over here, it's Portuguese. Over here. It, and then, I'm, I mean, it was astounding to me. Wow. So... Yes, my little yes, I'm so thankful that I got to give my little yes. But the greatest joy for me, Jen, is to see multiplication. It's to see all of these, these amazing young men and women that are just shining. Mm. They're just shining with the light of the gospel. Mm. And they're all so strong in God just with their yes. And to watch Filizardo mm. just registering everybody and just doing his job with such joy and delight. It just, uh, <laughs> it just wrecked me. It, it was, very, it was uh, I don't know how to describe it. It was like the worst of days and the best of days at the same time. Wow. That makes sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, Heidi. Um, <laughs> I'm just uh, just wrecked um, and so thankful um, for being with you. And uh, I know I know you got um, you just got back and you got to go. So I think let's just end with just being in the presence and praying and just um, I, I love the multiplication of yeses. If you could just release that, um, how amazing would it be that? so many people would have that endurance and from a place of intimacy with Jesus. So if you want to just close us in prayer. I do. And, and just wherever you are, if you're driving, pull over, <laughs> it's good. 
It just, it just really ask the Lord right now to let these words just come into your heart. First John 3, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has lavished on us and he has called us and made us his very own beloved children. Lord, Lord, I thank you that we are yours. God, we are your beloved children. God, I ask right now that there would be such radical, whoa, such radical love from you, Abba Daddy God, that you would so impart, just so come into every living room, to every bedroom, into every, every study, into every hallway, Lord, into even, even into the cars, Lord, where they're listening. God, that you would just come and you would break in right now. Release your presence on them, Lord. Release your radical love where they know how so loved they are with lavish love, God, that they would be called your sons and your daughters. Wow. And Lord, because of that spirit of adoption, God, I ask for a yes cry. And right now, wherever you are, just, just begin to just cry out yes to the Lord. I, yes, I just one more thing, just start crying out. I want you all just to start praying. I know it's Zoom and it's so different than when we get to just lay hands on others, but God can break in through the internet. He can break in and he can put radical love on you. More Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. And I want you to think about about that little that little woman, Mary, that said yes when the angel of the Lord Gabriel came and told her she would carry the Son of God, and she was confused by it and frightened by it. The favor of the Lord, whoa, was upon her. But what she did was say yes. And as you are about to be sent out, whether it's across the street. Or around the world. Right now, let there literally be inside of you. And I feel like you need, sometimes because it's not in person, uh, sometimes people get complacent. If you're washing dishes, put them down. If you're uh, tidying up, stop. If whatever else you're doing, if you're texting somebody or at the same time, just stop everything right now and press in right now. And just say, start crying out to the Lord, yes. And Lord, today again, I say yes to you. Today when I heard the most horrific stories, Lord, I I. I've heard so many stories, so many stories, Lord, but I've never heard of stories like, like this, Lord, that I heard today, God, and that so many I haven't even shared with them. 
But Lord, I still want to say yes to you. And Lord, I know that it was you, Lord, because we did go on those outreaches. Oh, and we sent teams, two teams to four teams a week for all those years before the borders closed to the international. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for that season of, oh, of, of, of approximately 17 years where we were free. Lord, not knowing that this time would come, but you knowing this time would come. So right now, I want you all to just ask the Lord, go into the secret place and ask him what the signs of the time mean. What are the seasons? What is your yes? Zechariah had a promise that he would have a baby in his old age, but he didn't believe, and so he went mute. And Mary had a promise, and she believed God, and so she sang the most beautiful song and carried the glory of God and birthed Jesus who is our Lord and Christ on the earth. So I bless you all. I bless you to be strong. I bless you to be strong in the Lord, to fix your, oh, Rabashi, to fix your eyes on Jesus and to never, ever, ever give up. And I bless Jen, Lord. I bless Dr. Jen to keep teaching to keep going for it, to keep pushing, Lord, the envelope, shakaraba, and to see these pioneers birth in one of the most, whoa, extraordinary times on the planet. And Jen, I just see pioneers going forth. I see them fearless lovers going forth. And I do care again, North Korea. Wow. And I thank you, Lord, for North Korea, that there will be a massive move of Holy Spirit in North Korea. I see just a fresh, a powerful move. And I see the Lord raising up nationals in North Korea that, that are, are able to carry the love of, of Jesus, the gospel in North Korea. I see... I see nationals, I see nationals, whoa, in nations being pioneers, uh, going in even into their own nations, but into unreached people groups. I see, I see the Lord just sending forth pioneers, uh, whoa, shakaraba, who are uh, called to those, to stockbrokers, where they're going to carry the love of Jesus and the comfort of Jesus when stocks are crashing. I see people that are called to the entrepreneurs. I see bank managers uh, full of Holy Spirit that when things are shifting with the currency, where people are losing hope and losing faith, where I see the pioneers going in, uh, into these systems and situations that are destroyed that look like like when we saw the cyclones what we saw in Mozambique the Lord showed me this is the greatest time to shine and he has said who are you we are the feet on the ground and he showed me that in America you will see 
great, great, great devastation. There'll be cities on fire. There'll be people. I've already seen it. I prophesied it before it came that there would be people wearing good clothes in bread lines and soup kitchens and waiting to receive food. But they were driving to these food banks in their shiny cars. Wow. And it has already happened. Wow. And the Lord spoke to me and I prophesied and I want to prophesy it again. The Lord said, this is the church's greatest hour. Yeah. This is our time to shine. And some of you, what our churches are closed down. You know, the church is not about the building. The church is about the people. Sure. But the Lord will use the buildings. He'll repurpose buildings. And um, we, our bases are all, um, we're not allowed to use our bases. We're not allowed to use our offices. But the Lord's allowed us to, to, build, to, to build in a different way. Wow, we're, we're having church under every tree. We can and we're, re, we're rebuilding the old ruins of, of local churches that just were in disrepair. We're, we're um, 20 people now are allowed to meet. We're, we're just going into homes, everybody. And I feel like the Lord just, I, this, just prophetic words over me. He wants to say again to y'all, wake up sleeping beauty. There are going to be a lot of pioneers sent out to America. Wow. America to a land that is hurting, to a land that is hurting, to a land that is shaking, to a land that is breaking, to a land that is in devastation in many ways. And I see pioneers radical lovers of God, where we've seen God multiply food for us many, many times, you will see this in America. You will see this in America. God will, will take your loaves and your fish as you purchase all that you can, and then he will begin to multiply it. The same kind of miracles that we've seen in Mozambique, uh, you are now, you're going to start to see in, in an unprecedented way in America, out on the waves, you're going to see miracles. Uh, out on the waves, you're going to see miracles. In the streets, you're going to see miracles. In the, in the schools, uh, you're going to see miracles. Miracles, miracles, and miracles. Times are going to get more uh, crazy than you've ever anticipated. But the Lord's giving a word to y'all. Fear not, fear not, fear not. This is your time to rise up and shine. Fear not, beloved. This is your time to rise up and shine. And, and whoa, fear not, fear not, fear not. This is your time to rise up and shine and carry the radical love of God. Holy is the Lamb. Wow. Holy is the Lamb. Holy is the Lamb. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Ooh, I see I see Asia ablaze, ablaze, ablaze. Mm. I feel like the pioneers, most of the pioneers that the Lord's sending forth are nationals mm. in different nations. There are exceptions, but I see nationals mm -hmm. that are going into war zones, in famine zones, into destruction zones. 
into places where people are in total despair. And these pioneers are coming with provision, spiritual and physical food, and, and it's supernatural provision. And there's a supernatural multiplication of revivalists, of pioneers. Wow. And the Lord's, um, he's going to show you, he's going to, you're going to redefine terms. The things that yeah. used to define missions are shifting. Yeah. The way things are shifting. The, the old paradigms are shifting. Everything's shifting right now, except for the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and King. And there's no to the Father except through Him. You need more of the Holy Spirit than you've ever had or ever known to walk in these times. Shokorobo. So carry the glory of God and fear God. Whoa. He is with you. Wow. Wow. Amen. Wow. Amen. wow.